the blast from our past network. Hey, this is Mark Rolston from Shawshank Redemption, Aliens, The Departed, Rush Hour, and Survival Quest. You're listening to Podcasting After Dark. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Welcome to another animated episode of Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. I am one half of the Podcasting After Dark team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, my partner in crime, Zach, a.k.a. Tiny T, a.k.a. Zach the Snack. And joined with us, as always, on almost Every episode of TV Obscura is our pal Diallo, a.k.a. The Armageddon. Hey, what's, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's up? I thought you were going to refer to me as Randy Cosby. that got good very good reception buddy that people were very uh uh, amused by that one you got a penitentiary in me oh man diallo what have you been up to man since uh the last time we've we've done a tv obscura i mean same stuff uh writing a lot um i've got like five jobs right now i have enough time to to like wake up write and eat and then I sleep, and that's about it. So <laughs> um, it's like Brock Lesnar. It's like Brock Lesnar, um, educated version. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I um, been watching a lot of. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV, like you know, for for what we're doing. Like uh, sure, so, yeah. sure. <laughs> Fallen down some rabbit holes, and it, they've been really good. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. dude, these, these are good rabbit holes to fall down. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the TV obscure rabbit holes, man. I I got up this morning and first thing I did was text Zach and Diallo, and I was like, "It's TV obscure day!" <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> With a GIF of um, uh, uh, the dude from Adventures in Babysitting as Thor. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> who was that, that? Who was the guy in in, uh, in Thor and Adventures in Babysitting? You it know was... who he was. He played Kingpin in Daredevil. That's he was right. In it's Vincent full... D'Onofrio. Yeah, yep, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I haven't. I have not seen Adventures in Babysitting since I learned that fact, and that was a huge like movie, like a huge favorite of mine when I was a kid. Yeah. It, well, if you haven't watched it recently, you can listen to uh, mm-hmm. my interview with Keith Coogan on Two Dollar Late Fee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he fun. talks a lot about his role in Adventures in Babysitting. And uh, kind of actually, I'm not even joking. Uh, he told some things in that in the production, the behind the scenes, uh, that some of the things that were used in that in the film, uh, right down to like the way the poster was designed and the logo that I didn't know about. It was pretty cool. I, oh, that's a po- that's a great poster, by the way. Fantastic. Great poster, and apparently uh, they use strategically they use the same font and color scheme as Indiana Jones mm. to give it that adventure look. 
Um, but Keith Coogan actually, you know, he he was in Fox and the Hound, which was one of the biggest Whoa. money makers for Disney, which brought Disney back uh, to life. Kurt Russell was in Fox and the Hound too, by the way. It's a fun fact. Wait, what? Did, what um, voice did Kurt Russell do? I don't know offhand. Um, but like but Keith Coogan sun? was one of the leads in 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 the in the Fox and the Hound, which, you know. Disney was starting to suffer because of movies like The Black Cauldron, which I love, Sword in the Source, uh, Sword in the Stone, which I love. But those movies were not big for Disney because they were a little darker. Yeah. And then Fox and the Hound bo- bounced them back into uh, profit, profit again. I'm a hound dog. Off. I remember yeah. that line. Yeah. So Fox and the Hound. Anyways, cheap plug, cheap plug, cheap plug. <laughs> no, it's all good. I love it when they're organic, baby, and <laughs> well, orgasmic. Well, so do I. <laughs> I love me some organic, man. <laughs> man, I've been watching a shit ton of uh, the Muppets, you know, and Janice from uh, Doctor Teeth in, in the yeah. Electric Mayhem. Yeah. She's awesome, dude. Like her, that there's not a lot of female Muppets if you yeah. think about it. And she was funny as hell, dude. Like, and she was talking about organic food before organic was even mm-hmm. hip. She was talking about in the seventies. Hey, man, you got this organic bread? It's delicious, man. You know. Have you watched the Star Wars episode? I think it's season four uh, since it dropped on Disney Plus. The whole series of the 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 original Muppets. The original, series? yeah, nineteen eighty. It came out. It's it's season four. It's it's Mark Hamill is the host, um, and they're like looking for uh, C three or no, they're looking for Chewbacca, and uh, it was it came out in nineteen eighty. So basically, it was a big promotion for Empire Strikes Back, and oh, it was cool. like the first time you actually saw the Bespin fatigues and whatnot. So, oh, cool. um, and also I didn't know, but uh, uh, thanks to our pals over at Blast from Our Past, they had an all Muppets episode that they just dropped. I didn't realize that that was a British production show even though it was an american show the production studios were in in england and basically right next door to where they were filming empire strikes back ah that makes that's very cool i gotta go listen back to that blast from the past episode it's a good one it's a good one. yeah and i have and to answer your question no i haven't i haven't watched those episodes yet i can't wait to watch them and i can't wait to introduce speaking of kids shows uh i can't wait to introduce fraggle rock to mm. oh, Odie. His, fraggle rock was the shit his brain's gonna explode when he watches that yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna want to be a doozer <laughs> <laughs> i had one of those figures when i was a kid, a little wind-up figure like that oh wow so cool uh, anyway, oh, I, I love I, I love me some Fraggle Rock. I, I I did too. I I watched it, but I don't think I watched it like as much as other puppet shows. I I did like the Muppets though. Um, there, there were not we we could do a whole episode on our favorite puppet shows. I think yeah. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. I was thinking we could, probably, <laughs> we could probably do a whole episode on on obscure Disney movies too at some point. But, oh uh, no doubt, that'd be a lot of watching. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking Diallo and I might have to arm wrestle over who wants Mac and Muttley though, mm. uh, which was a Bay Area. Area puppet show, which was really, really entertaining. K- KTVU, Channel 2. Yeah, K- KTVU. Well, we are not discussing any puppet shows here <laughs> on this week's TV Obscura. Uh, the breakdown You're the puppet. This... You're the puppet. <laughs> I'm the puppet. Just shove your hand up my ass. I'm the puppet. <laughs> um, we're going to be... Diallo's going to be taking us through Flash Gordon, uh, 1979 through 1982. Zach is going to be... Oh, then I'm going to be taking us through RoboCop, the cartoon series, which was 1988. And then Zach's going to bring us home with the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon 
cartoon from 1990. Uh, Diallo, before you take us down that road, can you do us a favor? Can yes. you plug for us your, your podcast? Uh, yes, my podcast is The First Noel Chronicles. It is a podcast slash audiobook of me performing uh, my uh, novel, The First Noel. Uh, there is uh, the prologue and two chapters are up. I've, like I said, I've been really busy with my secret projects, uh, so I haven't been able to devote as much time to putting the next episode out. But it's coming, and um, uh, yeah, that's uh, it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's always impressed me about you, my friend, is that you are able to juggle multiple projects to completion. And that is a very, very rare ability indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I just kind of just keep pushing forward and I wake up keep and I do things and I go to sleep and I <laughs> keep going till I'm done. <laughs> you remember? Thank you, you for coming on, to my uh, TED Talk. Do you remember on Sesame Street? Sesame Street, the the bit where the guy had all the cakes and he's walking down the stairs oh, with yeah. all the cakes and he would drop all the cakes. Yeah. Diallo's the opposite of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Well, let's uh, – Diallo, my man. Oh, boy. I can't oh boy. wait to talk about – Flash Gordon, of course, uh, offline, I kept refer referring to it as <laughs> Flesh Gordon before I actually watched the show. And then I watched an episode and I was like, oh, I was actually pretty, pretty accurate with my description of it. Yeah. Have you ever seen Flesh Gordon, by the way? The the movie? I've yeah. actually read the Aerosol comics. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> but no, I've never actually seen the the movie. It, it's oh. softcore, right? It's, it's not a. It's not yeah. fully hardcore, right? It's not. And Randy and Craig T. Nelson is the voice of the like a dinosaur or something. Or in, in it. Flesh Gordon. Yeah. But yeah. but there is nudity though, right? Like it is like a softcore porn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like tongue in cheek. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. In well, humor and tone. So, and, but yeah. The, so the funny thing is, yeah. Before Diallo, you get into it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I was I was referencing that. You know, the porn. But it's. I mean, my God. The cartoon is very fleshy too. So yeah. <laughs> Take us into it, buddy. Yeah, it was a. It was a revelation for this uh, at the time eight year old. Um. <laughs> I'm sure it was a revelation for at the time 43 year old Corey. <laughs> All right, so my show this week is uh, I did Flash Gordon. Um, it is also known as the New Adventures of Flash Gordon. Um, it was uh, it came out on NBC, which we all love NBC now um, because that's what, NBC. Yeah, um, uh, it's. Uh, it was created. I mean, it was it was from the serial that uh, the serial comic that comic strip that came out in the, what's like the 30s uh, by Alex Raymond. Um, it ran from 1979 to 1982. There were two seasons. Um, each season had about 16 episodes. Um, most of the episodes were written by Sam Peoples, and he is known as the writer of the second pilot of star trek uh so he wrote the episode when no uh when no man has gone before where no man has gone before mm. um quick question is yeah. that the one with kirk or pike kirk yeah so it's the okay. sec the second pilot so they did the one with pike and then they retooled and everything and then they came okay. back and with kirk yeah 
Um, yeah, so it basically came about because, you know, like after Star Wars came out in 77, everybody was coming out with their own space thing, right? So, um, you know, NBC also did uh, Buck Rogers. I think ABC had um, Battlestar Galactica. Um, and NBC wanted to do Flash Gordon, and they originally wanted to do it as uh, live action. Um, but I think when they tur- like kind of turned in the scripts and the ideas were coming, they had already agreed to it, but the budget would have been too big, and so they just made this animated uh, movie. So originally, the series was going to be a movie which they created and made um but nbc loved the movie so much that they actually turned it into um, a series so they went back and like added more um content and episodes and stretched it out so that first season was basically the movie they actually cut some parts out but then they added some more um so yeah it's uh the first season, look, one of the things about the first season that was really interesting, especially at the time, was that it was a uh, highly serialized. So it was like, you know, to be continued every week, which is like, I mean, that was just unheard of until like maybe like the late 90s or early 2000s when that started happening like regularly. Um, so um Lou Scheimer, especially the, in a cartoon too, like that. Yeah. That's even more rare in cartoon form. Yeah, like yep. it just didn't happen. It like didn't happen at all, <laughs> you know. Um, the uh, Lou Scheimer, what the executive producer, actually, I think he's quoted as saying like that, like that actually ended up kind of being a mistake because what happened was, and I and I actually remember um, watching it as a kid, and I, you know, I was. I was young enough to be into it, but we weren't really in that habit of like paying attention to a show every week after week after week to continue. So I do remember kind of being confused sometimes because I wasn't always there every week. But <clears throat> I also did know that it was serialized. So I always really looked forward to getting like that next episode to see like, you know, what was going to happen. Um, and I, I remember actually being so like so gratified that final episode just actually seeing the story come to conclusion um which again like it just didn't happen back in the day so Um, so it actually has a conclusion this show yeah the first season does so the first season basically does uh uh, the whole story actually you you like you've seen the movie uh which i know you don't like but (laughs) (laughs) how dare you thank you <laughs> and for the listeners out there, Diallo looked right at me when he said that, Corey. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> because Zach very much loves this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it basically tells the that first story, and I guess like the serialized comic strip version, that first arc, they go to Mongo and overthrow Ming is like the first part, right? So. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, the voices, uh, Robert Ridgely uh, did the voice of Flash Gordon. He was also um, the voice of Tarzan, which was another one of my favorite shows, uh, Filmation shows. Filmation, yeah. Yeah, um, he did the voice of uh, Thundar the Barbarian. Um, and uh, Zach will appreciate this. He was the he was Colonel James in Boogie Nights. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I, well, first what off, say, so uh, so I I hear you have a big big cock. Yeah. <laughs> to Derek, and he's like, "May I see it?" Thank you, Eddie. 
So he was Thunder the Barbarian also? Yeah, he did the voice of Thunder the Barbarian, yeah. Okay, well, that is a show that will absolutely be on TV Obscuro. I'm sure one, I mean, I'll definitely bring it, but I'm sure one of these guys might even suggest it before me as well. Um, I think we all three of us love that show growing up, too. Yeah, it was available on Blu ray now. Yeah, it, um, yeah, by the way, guys, um, the Warner, uh, was a Warner Home Entertainment or something put out, um, or it's like up for pre order right now, but, um, they put out the whole series on Blu ray, and it's apparently it also has like an an hour long documentary on Thunder the Barbarian and shit. I, I have it pre ordered. I'm getting that shit. Oh wow! Yeah, that just that was just announced like in the past month, right? Yeah, yep. it, they, I think they're just up converting. Like they had a DVD before, but it's yeah. now coming out on Blu-ray. But nice. it is the Thunder the Barbarian, the complete series. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. I love it. Um, yeah. So um, Alan Oppenheimer, who we all know as Skeletor, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did the voice of Ming the Merciless and uh, Zarkov. Um, oh, so good. Lou Scheimer, the executive producer, owner, basically, of uh, Filmation. Um, he was the narrator. And then a uh, really interesting uh, note. So Ted Cassidy, who played uh, Lurch in The Adams Family, was actually the original voice of um, Prince Thun and uh, the Lion Man. And yeah. um, he did the voice. He did the voice in the movie. And... When they went to series, he actually had passed away before they went to series. So they got a new person to do the voice, um, okay. who was um, uh, it's Alan Melvin, who we all know as Sam the Butcher from uh, from the Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's yeah. giving Alice his meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually didn't know this either. He was uh, the voice of H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff, which I just I oh, discovered that. Nice. Which that blew out. That's that's a show that I might do one one of these days on this yeah. show. He's probably um, getting high all yeah, the time. All the time. I mean, I mean, isn't that a prerequisite to play HR Puff and stuff? Hey guys, yeah. uh, everybody here is gonna be a magic mushroom today. What are magic mushrooms? Get out, you're fired. <laughs> and I'm gonna eat you all. <laughs> oh man, wavy. So yeah, you should um the um so the original movie actually is it's really interesting it's um you know it's like a feature length uh complete uh picture and it uh kind of it actually actually has some of the backstory that wasn't shown in the animated series so like if you watch the pilot of the animated series it just kind of like jumps right into where they're crashing on uh mongo Um, yeah But the movie actually has this whole sequence. It starts in World War II, flashes in Poland. Um, the scientist tells him to find the scientist named Zarkov. He ends up with Dale Arden. They get into it. They're in a plane, kind of like in the in the movie. They're in a plane. It crashes. Um, uh, and then um, they get into the ship with Zarkov and take off to Mongo. So that all of that stuff isn't in the series. Um, but... Uh, they it's what another thing that's kind of interesting is they so they showed this the series from 79 to 82 and then once that was over and was canceled they showed the movie on tv um so so, you can get can, can you get access now to the movie and the tv show both 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think so. I know that they had a DVD set in, that came out in like uh, early 2000s. That was one of those yeah, like super that. deluxe. It has like the like interviews with the um, uh, with the what's his name, Lou Scheimer, and a lot of the creators. Um, and uh, I think the uh, it's called uh, what's it called Flash Gordon: The Greatest Adventure Ever Told. Yep. Um, I think that's on there too. Like that, Zach, you said yep. you have it. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It yeah. is on there. Yeah. So that, 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 whatever that company is that put out those sets did all the filmation stuff. Yeah. BCI and Eclipse, I think BCI, they said they've yeah. gone out of business, so they don't, uh, yeah. like you might be able to find it on, on, um, like eBay or something now. Um, so I, I watched, um, so I watched A Planet in Peril, which is the mm-hmm. first episode of the series. So if I watch the movie, I will still see this, or like maybe some of it because they expanded it, like you said. But I'll still see this episode in there, in the movie. Yeah, you'll see like you'll see parts of it. So, I mean, it's actually because I was watching as as I was going through and watching these over again. And I went back and watched the movie, like... There's this whole sequence. I don't know. If, I don't remember if you saw this in the in the pilot or not, but they kind of get captured by these um, uh, kind of like mole men creatures. Or on in the in the pilot here, there's like underwater creatures. Like yeah, you know, so they, yeah, they it was all kind of flipped around. Basically, okay, what I'm saying okay. so they in the in the movie they meet the, these mole creatures and then they end up in Mongo. They meet Prince Thun. Um, a lot of that footage is reused, but the mole creatures comes later in the series. Okay. Um, yeah, and okay. they kind of voice over and do some other stuff with it to kind of stretch it out. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it was the first season, though, one of the other things that's interesting is the first season was highly serialized, um, but it didn't do terribly great in the ratings. And so they, the second season, they went to the format, which is pretty standard for animation at the time, which is bringing it, like, they kiddified it, basically, <laughs> which it's actually really kind of funny because I remember... Like not liking it as much, even though I was in that target that they were trying to make it for, um, because it just didn't have that same epic scale and it didn't have that same yeah. sense of like you know consequence or anything that they were trying to overcome. And they added another thing. They 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 always do this. Like they added like a little creature that like ah. kid kids were supposed to like love, but like kids yeah. kids never love it. So I don't know why they always do it, but it's um, classic filmation. They. Filmation did that with every single series yeah. that they had. Yes. Every single one. And it's Fucking one thing. Had a little sidekick. It's one thing if they come out with it, but like they didn't. Like it was a whole season of something else, and then they added this yeah. dragon called Gremlin. Um, and it was just like everything else. And it's always weird, like like Snarf. Like Snarf doesn't look like anybody else, like on the yeah. show. You know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's like yeah, you can you can. It's like you can tell like these added on uh, sidekicks like weren't a part of the original design. Like the little what, what didn't he have like a robot sidekick in Mask too? Like the kid. Yeah. Yeah. The T-Bob. little scooter T-Bob. dude. Yeah. Yeah. T-Bob. And it's T-Bob. like it's like yeah. okay, yeah. if you can create robots, then why don't you have more robots? You know. <laughs> I, I, I bet you. I bet you, I, I'm sure there, if, if someone hasn't done a documentary about this yet, I'm sure someone can pinpoint has something to do with Star Wars and the formula, yeah. you know, of like, oh, we got to have an R2-D2 type thing. And then, and then the Ewoks came out and they're like, oh, we got to have an Ewok kind of thing, you know, I, probably you know, something to do with that. I'm thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to like say you're wrong, Zach, but um, I'm <laughs> 
And it's, I just, because then I've been falling in these rabbit holes. So one uh, rabbit hole I fell into was watching, I don't even know if I want to say it because I might want to do the show eventually, but um, I'm going to leave it mysterious. So <laughs> okay. there was this one show that about a very popular, a very, very popular sitcom that was made it, there was a cartoon made of it. And in the cartoon, like some people that hear this will get this. They had like a magic uh, Merlin was his name. He was like a, a bird that could do magic. And then there was uh, two pandas <laughs> that were called Ping and Pong. <laughs> but like the classic TV show had none of that stuff. And this was like early yeah. 70s or like, yeah. So like when the car- that cartoon came out and this was, lo- this was before like Star Wars. So I don't know, like, I don't know if that's like the case. I'm, I'm sure there's like, there's a science or math to it, but. Um, yeah. Well, didn't the Punky Brewster cartoon, didn't she have a sidekick too? Yeah. Yeah. She did. A little and, magical... and that's when they went into like dream world or something. Yeah. yeah fantasy that's right. World. That's right. Everybody. No, I, no, I, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm sure there's somebody that's made some sort of pinpoint of like why we have to have this inconsequential character that always creates like a, you know, is always in peril and needs to be rescued or something mm-hmm. or like, or, or it's some sort of comic fodder, you know, which really breaks the the tension. Cause that's what I, I agree with you, Diallo. That's what I loved about Flash Gordon was that the, 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 the storyline. And then they turned it into like these like 22 minute episodic, you know, there was no linear connection between them after yeah. that. Yeah. And it, and it was really late. I, I don't know. I, uh, Lou Scheimer did that though with a lot of his shows. Like if you look back at the, and I may, it may pop up on my list, the, the original Ghostbusters cartoon that came out was a mini series. Like he, he loved to do his epic mini series. I think black star was that way too. Brave star was that way. Mm-hmm. He did like these five, six, seven, ten episode mini series. Um, you know, secret of the sword. You think about when they introduced She-Ra but then they would go back to like these 22 minute. Okay, well, we got that out of the way, you know, but I love that. I love though, that they created these kind of movies, these animated movies. He did a shit ton of animated movies yeah. and paid his employees practically peanuts, you know, but, uh, <laughs> and because you know, I, I knew a couple guys that worked for him and they said that they got paid dirt, you know, they would get like residuals through toys, toy sales or something like oh, that. Man. And, uh, and the toys all kind of sucked for all the shows, you yeah. know? Uh, except for Brave Star, I was gonna say Flash Gordon's toys were really cool. Yeah, the I was three gonna say. Figures. Yeah, I remember. Did you really, have those? Back I didn't in the day? have them, but I remind, I remember really wanting them, especially that uh, the yeah. Lion Lion Man. So cool with the tail yeah, and everything. Yeah. And they, they, I was bummed they didn't make like Dale Arden, but they made Hans Arkov with his pot belly. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. his pot they, belly. I noticed <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> they were actually pretty. They were pretty um, good sculpts for, especially for the totally. for the, t- the time, like. Like, yeah. yeah, they were they were really good sculpts of uh, figures for like 1979, 1980. Yeah, they 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 they, um, you know, were the standard kind of up and down movements. They didn't have the the kung fu grip like the mash figures had when those mash figures came out, which were really badass. But I think Planet of the Apes had a toy line too. Yeah, they uh, were Amigo Amigo toy figures for okay Amigo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember those. But I these were three those. three and three quarters, and I and I guess if you go on eBay. You can look and like they've got the ships and they've got the the cardboard play sets that were really badass back in the day that yeah. looked just like Mongo. Yeah. And, yeah. 
It's good stuff, man. One thing I liked about the cartoon was it, it looked like they really used rotoscoping. Um, and I don't just mean running, you know, because I saw Flash Gordon and the Lion Man both run the same. And I was like, okay, use the same rotoscope yeah, for that or the, they the same model. But I, I did notice that the, it looked like the, the spaceship was yeah. rotoscoped, which in the very first episode – it, it allowed the animators to do some awesome stuff with the spaceship that you can just, you can tell that they wouldn't have been able to do any other way. And at the same time, you can also tell it was rotoscoped, which I like. I always kind of like that aesthetic, you know? Mm-hmm. I um, That's that's my favorite style of animation, personally. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I was raised on it, but I, I love it. And, I, and I'm watching it the whole time going, oh, they recycled this with He-Man. Yeah. Uh, all they did was, you know, paint over the, the image with, you know, with a... Because and also with the legs, like you were saying, uh, Diallo, like a lot of flesh shots, like you know when they show Aura and she'd be standing there, and I'm like, oh, they did that with Tila. uh, (laughs) That's Tila's. That's Tila's ass. That's Tila's legs. (laughs) (laughs) But they did that. But I love that. I love those those landscape shots where they're running, you know, and there's shadows or something. It's so cool looking. And like I showed it to Bodhi. I feel like. And I and I was I told you guys offline. Bodhi was like a um, he was a cool gauge for me for kids now, and he's not your typical kid because he actually appreciates this stuff. <laughs> but uh, he's a but he's watching. He's will. like, yeah, right. <laughs> he was watching. He's like, this is cool. This is. I said, Bodhi, does you know what do you think about this one? He's like, oh, I really I really like this one, you know. And now and and he just loved. I, I said, does this get inspiring you? And like after the episode was over, he went to his notepad and started drawing monsters nice because there's so many cool colorful monsters yeah that you know watching watching this again like like don't you know don't get me wrong i love the uh live action version but you can really (laughs) see the limits of um what they could do especially at the time with special effects then and then in the cartoon version it's like the sky's the limit so you actually are seeing this more exotic um, Mongo, um, you're seeing like the the dragon creatures in the underwater realms, and you know all the every like there's a different type of creature for every different place that they go to, um, and I, and I you know that's you know I I remember my parents used to get me these um, uh, collected Flash Gordon books for that had the cartoon serial uh, the comic strip serials all collected in a book. Oh, cool! And um, you know, and it was far after they had like been on Mongo and they were like off in space, but there was, it was always like more exotic. It was always, um, it's almost like, uh, you know, what's his name? John Carter of Mars feel with Mm. a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And so you got, you got more of a sense of that in this, uh, the filmation version than you did, um, in the live action version. And like, if I, if they were to like do, as I was watching, I was like, Oh man, if they did a flash Gordon now, like they could actually yeah. do all of that stuff um, a lot oh, easier. Totally. So, yeah. Did yeah. you notice? Did you notice the um, uh, the connection in in Ming's like throne room with the electric electrified mm. background oh, yeah. that they yeah. used that in the actual movie? The uh, oh, the did 80s they? Movie. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's the exact same one. I don't know if they they just took it and put it in there, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's also pretty cool hearing. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer's voice as you know he's Skeletor yeah. it's like one of the most memorable voices on, on earth yeah. and to hear him do like a 
like a, a younger version of Skeletor. It was really badass. Yeah. So cool. You can, um, you can almost say that maybe maybe Ming is Skeletor. Like he crash landed on Eternia and he became oh, Skeletor later. I mean, they're both otherworldly. Yeah, that's that's true. One one thing that I was I was impressed by was how sexual the costumes were for the women, and and also how sexual. Uh, Orla is that her name? Uh, Princess was? Aura. Yeah. Yeah, Princess Aura. When she, yeah. I, I, uh, Zach, did you watch also the A Planet in Peril? Did you watch the first one? Yeah, I did. Okay, so when she, <laughs> so when they finally a, a meet million up times. With, <laughs> I mean, were you? I mean, like, were you like, uh, like with Bodhi watching it? I mean, it's pretty sexual when she's on, when she's kind of hitting on Flash and everything. Oh, totally. She's laying in like her fur bed on the the transport ship. It's like, first off, why do you have a fur bed on the transport ship? But she's also like, literally trying to seduce Flash Gordon right there. And sure, whatever in a movie, but like, this is a kids cartoon. And well, I'm yeah, like, but, wow. but let's not forget that the movie was marketed as a kids movie, also. Like yeah. it was a it was a PG film, yeah. you know, and 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 there, those sexual overtones were as prevalent in the movie as they are in the cartoon. And you're like, damn, like this is this is heavy for younger kids. Are probably like, why is she doing that to him? You know, you didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even bring it up. I don't even remember like. I, that wasn't like one of my takeaways I, from when I watched it as a kid. It was never. It was just about the adventure and the running and the jumping and. You know, maybe I was just like a little I, too young, but I don't, yeah, I don't really, but as I, I mean, as I was watching it, like when Corey, when you, when you texted that scene, I, as I watched it, I was like, yeah, that, that was intense actually. Uh, you right? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, you, you think like, for some reason, I always think of like that time period being a bit more conservative, but I feel like we've gotten as a society much more conservative mm-hmm. with our cartoons. And I, and I, that also, you know. Basically, I'm, I'm making this statement based on also the two other car- cartoons that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, on this show. All three of them, I was like, oh, wow. There's parts <laughs> in all three of them that I was impressed with that they were they were pushing the envelope on things. Well, I, I was going to say uh, this is this was before they had that parent council mm. that was appointed, you know? Yeah. This is also before Filmation started claiming that they were like a family-friendly they, they before they started marketing themselves as a family friendly yeah animated uh production company you know because they were if you think about it what they were doing in the late 70s early 80s was they were putting those morals onto every episode i think it might have started with he-man and the real ghostbusters and and fat albert actually um maybe the groovy ghoul no not the groovy ghoulies but that they you know putting those taglines at the end like Basically, the moral message. Well, yeah. they, were they were doing, doing that. that they were doing it on Shazam, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, like of course, 75. we talked about that. That was one. I think that was actually one of the first ones that they did. And I remember they had because they had like an education um, consultant at the end of those yes. episodes. So, but that was maybe they weren't so heavy-handed until like the the eighties, where they're really. Well, then you had that with... that con- the consultant team of like I think they were called like. D3 or something that famously uh, ruined real Ghostbusters. Uh, they, you know, they were the ones that said Janine's glasses in the first, you know, season were too sharp looking. They were the ones that made Janine um, uh, not so 
more like a mother mother hen for mm. the the Ghostbusters. Whereas originally in the first season, she's trying to hit on Egon and everything. They're like, mm. nope. So they basically yeah, yeah. this a very famous consulting group took a highly successful show. And you know the the company the, the company paid them millions to ruin said highly successful show. So wow. it's, I think I always think that art created by a committee is terrible, and mm-hmm. I think that you people overthink art with this kind of shit, and it's that this is the shit that ruins it. But yeah, but th- but this show Flash Gordon was was way before that though. Yeah, definitely. You could easily put this show back up. Like you yeah. could you could show this original the original season the first season again. I think to an older audience, and they would, they would appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I it, so. it, it, there was something because, like, they, they basically followed the original story, and it just spoke to me how sort of timeless that original Flash Gordon story is. And every time, like, I think I, that that was actually the first animated version of Flash Gordon they've done other since, um, but they always like they want to try to do something different. And I think they, they always mess it up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's way better fact. than yeah. defenders of the earth. Yeah. Defenders. I mean, you know, I, lo- I loved that show. That was like, a so little, do I. Yeah, it, was so a, it was a little different, but it's like, they are always trying to like, you know, they had that um, flash Gordon show in like the nineties and he was like on a skateboard or something. Yeah, That was and terrible. And then they, they did one on sci-fi channel and he was, it was just so yep. pedestrian. And um, so, like, but there's some like the original concept is like pretty timeless, and they they basically just directly did that for the animated show. Um, so yeah, like I think it could easily, uh, you know, come back on TV or like I said, I I wouldn't like after watching it again, I just I wouldn't mind like a straight up like movie like like has uh, George Lucas intended, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, just, I mean, like, and, and for those of you who don't know what Diallo is referring to, like George Lucas wanted to do Flash Gordon. He, he w- tried to get the rights to it, and because he could not get the rights to it, we had we now have Star Wars, which was George Lucas's take on Flash Gordon. Yeah. Oh, what what could have been? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that is a that is a very uh, different alternate timeline. It, yeah. It's out there. There is an alternate universe where <laughs> yeah. George Lucas made Flash Gordon, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's so funny too. Like the um, one of the things that uh, I actually had to look this up because, like, I knew I knew it was rotoscoping because, like, that's what they did, right? But looking yeah. at the spaceship scenes, like, it almost felt like how, like, when I'm watching um, some animation today, how they computer animate the ships. Yeah, and it was like I knew it wasn't computers, but it was done so well that it just like. Like it could easily be shown today. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No. The the animation, at least for the episode that I saw, I thought was fucking top notch. I was like, I was impressed uh, uh, by it. I was I was also impressed again by the skin. But I was also, but I was very impressed by the the like what I saw. I you know as my final thoughts on this, I really enjoyed this show. And you know. D- Zach and Diallo know my thoughts on Flash Gordon in general. I'm not the hugest fan, but I really fucking liked this show. I thought this was really good. The animation was really cool, and I I thought it was well done. And weirdly, 
you know, seeing somebody, when I was younger, I, I wanted things to be a bit more gray and realistic or whatever, but now that I'm older and I'm seeing Fla uh, Flash do it, like, be, be like the, the good guy, and I'm like, man, like, I like this shit. I like seeing a character that is just a straight-up good guy. It's a Superman scenario, you know? Sometimes they don't make the best stories, but I still think that there is a place for characters like that in our world to show people what just what just a what a good person looks like, you know? Yeah. And and it's just a good guy with with blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, of of course, Every like Nazi I, I, loves him. <laughs> I feel like we, we could, of course, like you know, update the uh, the iconography a little bit totally. to make it a bit more uh, inclusive with other cultures. But having a good character like that was really nice to see. And yeah. but again, I, I mean, guys, if I'm gonna go back to it, it's it's gonna be for the skin because I mean, <laughs> and as somebody, and, you know. Spoiler alert for our upcoming, you know, the Thunder of the Barbarian uh, cartoon and uh, He-Man. I have a huge crush on on Princess Oh Aura. I think it's Aura, right? On yeah, on Aura. yeah, yeah, on Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a huge crush on her, man. So I love my I love my sexy cartoons. So, Ooh. dude, Flash Gordon actually checked off a lot of marks on on my to do on my list. You know what I mean? Did it did it fill a lot of buckets for you? It filled a lot of buckets, dude, guys. You guys, you, you were talking. I think. Uh, Zach, you were talking about it a little bit, but like that in that era, actually, they had like I remember like on Doctor Who, what's the the his companion yeah, that was Leela. basically yeah Leela yeah and she's um, great and, uh, and there was Perry. like a Janna the Jungle cartoon and yeah like so that like there was this thing going on in the seventies. In early it's like 80s, Sheena. yeah, remember yeah. Sheena? Yeah, Sheena. Sheena, yeah, yeah, Sheena, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a Marvel. That was a Marvel comic. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a character. There was a character in um in the Super Friends that had, that she was basically like a female Tarzan, and yeah, same same deal. And Giganta so, and Super Friends also. So there's like there's a whole yeah there's a whole like <laughs> scantily clad. So, uh, <laughs> for that so for I've kids been, I, genre for I've been kids wanting to do i've been wanting to do a watch list for like cartoon crushes or uh, like sexy cartoon characters maybe uh, that'll just be gateway. maybe that'll just be the tv obscura crew this, maybe it'll be all three your of us gateway yeah i <laughs> mean is, it, you know man. i have a few so Cor yeah, Corey's excited just because all those emmanuel movies are finally getting a blu-ray uh, release so uh <laughs> wait are they is, are is, they? is yeah. black emmanuel getting a blu-ray release all the laura gemser ones you like Oh my God! Yeah, I just Mother saw. Mother of God! Yeah. Well, what is the? What is the? There's the, a great for all you listeners out there. There's a great Instagram page. It's um, what's that? Blu-ray DVD. Oh, Dawn of the Discs. Dawn of the Discs. Yeah, yeah. they always put out great news. In yeah. The, and that, I'm like, that, oh, this. Honestly, that's my go-to for for Blu-ray news at this point. Is <laughs> Dawn of the Discs. Yeah, there's no reason to go to like websites <laughs> anymore, but um. Except for podcastingafterdark.com, if you want to you. subscribe to our Patreon page, which uh, is really great. A lot of great perks. A lot of great interviews, too, which we'll talk about later on in the show. That's but, um, but yeah, uh, Don the Disc just dropped a bunch of info about some Laura Gemser, Emmanuel, and I'm like, oh, boy. My head's about this to explode, guys. This is Corey's gateway. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys. Guys. <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Well, hello there, little black kitties of the night. 
Come and join me, your host, Deadly Debbie, as we go through my creepy files and listen to real-life strange but true stories from people all over the world. Explore the weird and wonderful in my weekly podcast with Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. <laughs> And now, back to the show. Speaking of not scantily clad, and more more padded up, wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> Robert Cop? <laughs> you, you want me to dive into Robert Cop? <laughs> Solid segue, guys. Solid segue. Yeah. It's almost like we're professionals or something. <laughs> All right, so. RoboCop, the series, 1988. It first aired on October 1st through December 17th. Uh, It was produced by Marvel Productions with Orion Pictures. Uh, Only 12 episodes were produced instead of the standard 13 because I don't know if this is if this is like a smart move or well it's a smart move but I don't know if it's legal but they basically took the money for the 13th episode and put it into the X-Men animated series pilot so that's what they used to create the pilot from which is you know I think a smart idea because it that's... was a bad call, Ripley. It was a <laughs> bad, bad call. call. <laughs> People are dead, Burke. <laughs> Signed Burke Carter J. But you gotta admit, <laughs> the X-Men animated series did survive a lot longer than the Robocop series. Uh, well, I don't I don't, I don't wanna interrupt because I you're getting into this, but like was yeah. it was it the 1990s animated x-men or was it because there was a there was a pilot that they did in the late 80s of the x-men that they i think was the pride of the x-men was it that one it with the wikipedia page said x-men the animated series and it said the pilot for the but that could have just been that one and maybe it got defunct but Mm, but i I do but that kind of gives you a clue as to what marvel was thinking i'm sure they looked at this and they're like you know this is cool and all and i'll get to things that i like about it but you can tell that they are probably like you know but if we can make an x-men cartoon we're gonna have so many more storylines that we can cover and everything i think it's just ultimately it's a smarter move you know know um of so, course it is it's so much yeah. it's so much more expansive robocop is like it's one trick it, exactly it's it a is. great one trick mm-hmm. but yeah. it's one trick and and unfortunately i mean uh, the information on this show is not very extensive and the voice actors i tried to go through each one man they they're, they're all mostly just like they've done like canadian theater and stuff i could um, please correct <laughs> me if i'm wrong i haven't found Obvi. anybody you know uh, <laughs> like famous like on there so if you guys know somebody let me know but like i was looking through the cast and i was like I, and i was like clicking on their names seeing what they did i'm like yep nope 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 don't know them so there's nothing yeah. really to, to to note there um but one some of the stuff that they changed from the movie so this came out a year after the movie i always found it fascinating that you know they would turn a hard r movie into a kids action or you know kids cartoon but an action cartoon and dare i say they did the best job they could possibly do oh yeah uh, with with that impossible task but some of the things they changed was they made robocop a bit more nimble a bit more fast uh probably the biggest change they gave him was this cylon-esque red eye to go over his little visor thing when i was a kid i always assumed that was like a 
just a reflection light, you know, like reflecting off of something. But it is like I think it was supposed to be some kind of an eye. And I get it. Like they as an animator, you have to give him a point of like where to look like where he's looking and stuff. And actually, it didn't take away from it as much as I thought it was going to. They did make his gun kind of shoot lasers. But weirdly, both of the episodes that I watched Everyone else's guns shot bullets, which I was impressed with. I was like, wow, that's really fucking cool. Uh, they kept Clarence Boddicker. They made it so that he didn't die in the movie. So this, so it's almost like the movie, the movie exists, but it's like sort of. And you have to sort yeah. of take the pieces away that you needed to like to fit with the, uh, the TV show. But like the intro actually gives you his origin. You sort of see him get shot. It's it's much more brutal than I ever sort of would imagine it would be, although I don't know how they could have made it any other way. And then even in the last episode, so I watched two episodes. I watched the, the pilot and I watched the final episode, number 12, uh, called Menace of the Mind, and it actually has um, Clarence Boddicker as the villain in it, and they retell Robocop's origin as, as much as they can, but honestly, they keep it true to the movie they just don't show you him getting gunned down but they imply it it's 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 wild so there there's that um there's a couple little things here like they added this like dr mcnamara as as a bad guy and he seems like he's you know part cybernetic um they make it so that dr tyler which is the female doctor in the first robocop movie uh that has the glasses she doesn't have glasses here but uh they make it so that she made robocop and it's not bob morton you know um the old man is there they have ed to ed 209 is now ed 260 which is cool i like that how they sort of gave him an upgrade but yeah even the episode that I saw, like, like he has machine guns and he goes crazy and like shoots the <laughs> shit out of everything. It's violent. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I couldn't believe how violent this is. And, uh, weirdly, um, Zach, you know, your show, we're going to talk about attack of the killer tomatoes after this, but when the episode that I watched of attack of the killer tomatoes, the TV station on that show was, was the call sign was, K-R-U-D, crud. And yep. then in this, the TV station's call sign is K-R-U-D. So I'm like, is it a shared universe? Or was that is that just the easiest four symbol, you know, K thing that you could possibly come up with, you know? What was was uh was Robocop on Fox? It was on Fox, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was on Fox. So because Killer Tomatoes was on Fox as well. So yeah. maybe, who so, knows? Maybe they had the similar, same animators or something. Yeah, or, or like, you know, walking down the hall with the one guy was like, hey, K-R-U-D, that's funny. I'll, I'll use that for Robocop, yeah. you know, It's a something. funny 70s yeah. joke. Yeah, because the 70s are where it's at, you know. So, so I watched this as a kid because I saw Robocop in the theater and I loved it. I had the RoboCop toys. Remember the so the RoboCop toy actually you could remove his helmet. Um, he was a little bit bigger than three and three quarters. He, I think it was yep. almost like four and a half. It's four like, inches. Wasn't, it wasn't huge, right? I own him. I still have him. He's four inches. Okay. <laughs> You're like I know from comparison. <laughs> and you put the cap in his body. <laughs> yes, and so that was such a cool feature so that the cool. RoboCop toys had was that you could put those paper cap spools through the back of of, of the character and pull yeah. this metal pin and it would just and it would fire the caps and it would feed it through so he could have his gun and everything i yeah. think i do actually still have my robocop figure it, as a kid way like millions of years before todd mcfarlane toys started putting out awesome you know uh toys based on movies that we love like this was one of the few like mainstream kid toys that i thought was looked 
just as good as the movie and I could purchase and like actually play, you know, have the movie and everything. Um, so I, but I didn't, I remember not loving the cartoon as a kid because I was like, eh, it's not the movie. You know, it's not, it's not violent. People aren't getting killed. But when I was watching it this time, I was so surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. First off, like I said, it was a lot more violent than I ever really expected it to be, especially with all the bullets flying around. Multiple episodes, like bullets would be hitting near people's heads. Windows would be shattering. Robocop protects uh, uh, Lewis with, from a bunch of bullets hitting hitting her, and like his hand gets messed up from it. So there's like, you can see like the damage that the bullets do, and I'm like, holy shit, this is wild. And well, he the, shoots I, a bunch of people too. And, yeah, and then you and don't like, see those people. You don't. And, and I, one like there's one scene I saw where a bunch of cops get blown up by a missile and they yeah. kind of fly out of the screen. But I'm like, that explosion was huge. <laughs> those guys are dead. But like, <laughs> and then, you know, like, like I actually thought in the first episode when he fought these guys called the Vandals, uh, they were like these cybernetic enhanced gang. I thought they were actually pretty impressive as bad guys. And I, I was, you know, and they, they get busted in that one. I was like, guys, you blew your wad. They should have been the main bad gang this entire time. And then watching the last episode with Clarence Boddicker and everything, you know, I was even him. Clarence Boddicker was, was impressively evil in that too. So the two episodes that I saw, they did a really good job of making the villains villainous and feeling like they could actually compete with RoboCop. And also, in both episodes, RoboCop lost his fucking arm, so he gets fucked up. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. So yeah, I I was I thoroughly enjoyed the two episodes I saw. I and mainly is because I was not expecting to enjoy them as much as I did because that's I kind of remember not. So I'm like, wow. My takeaway is I feel like they had the impossible task of taking a rated R movie and turning it into a kids cartoon, and I think they fucking succeeded as best they possibly could. Funnily enough, I think they could obviously make a real RoboCop cartoon now and make it like adult with adult swim and everything. But this is a great example of creating like of how to create with within a confine and, and still have it achieve what you're hoping it's going to achieve. And I think it does a good job of keeping one foot in each, each arena the kids arena and the adult arena so what uh what did you guys think zach what'd you think of it buddy oh i i think it's great it's 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 nostalgic cheese i mean it's it's on one hand it's like totally absurd and terrible because like everything's getting blown up around you and and there's ro- no repercussions whatsoever and suddenly the city's back to normal of and on the other hand you know there there's there's the continuation of the storyline from the movie or the connection uh, which creates an, a, a fun nostalgia. I love, I love it. I had the toys. I still have some of the toys. Um, I was always bummed that the toys, the the villains didn't really match the villains in the cartoon. Like they didn't have a continuing, continuing vandal group like you said yeah and i think that's the detriment of the show is not having a they do have the the mcnamara guy but they do not have like a group of villains yeah that's i think that is a detriment yeah continuity was kind of weak and 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 you know i'm not gonna review it like i would review a oscar worthy film it's Mm -hmm. fun it's it's silly it's it's like way over the top The, the opening of the the first episode like I said earlier, RoboCop's gunning down a bunch of people and then he's arresting a bunch and you don't see some of the people he gunned down and you're like, oh, they're probably dead. You know, <laughs> wait, they're killing people. 
and you know, and I know these episodes, these series will come up in future episodes, but this is lumped in with like Toxic Crusaders and Swamp Thing and, you know, heavy, dark, uh, you know, the alien toy line came, the alien's mm-hmm. toy line came out around the same time. And, and here you are promoting this stuff to kids. It's, it's hilarious. It was hilarious to me as a kid. I was like, oh, this is so cool because we're not supposed to see this stuff and we're seeing this stuff, you know? And I loved it. I, I was thoroughly entertained. I love that it's still available on YouTube. I wish, I wish, you know, Diallo, going back to Diallo's Flash Gordon, BCI was a great, uh, DVD distribution company that put out obscure cartoons. They put out every single box set from every filmation cartoon, and then they would toe dip in other cartoons as well. I wish there were, you know, these boutique toy uh, video uh, cartoon production companies that put out just DVDs of this stuff because the quality is like you don't need perfect quality. No. You don't need Blu-ray. But I was enjoy. I was thoroughly enjoyed the entire enjoying it the entire time. Yeah, and uh, I would watch more. Bodie's like, Bodie did say he's like, wow, this is really violent. And I go, yeah, dude. I said this is like really hardcore. Is. Yeah. He goes, yeah, this is hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was cool to see such a like. If you think about it, really, if you th- really think about it, RoboCop is an ex- it's an obscure movie. You know, it's this obscure story like it's not it doesn't fit. Peter Weller is not your typical action hero. He was kind of like he was kind of like Nick Cage when he came on The Rock. It's like, wait, that guy's going to be the hero. Peter Weller is the hero. You know, it was kind of weird. And so because he wasn't checking off those muscle boxes or whatever, RoboCop comes out. And it ends up being so popular that they make a kid's cartoon before they make the sequel. Because didn't yeah. the sequel come out in, like, 89 or something? Yeah, yeah. so this came out before yeah. Yeah, this came out before the sequel. Yeah. yeah, so, like, that says a lot that, that based on an Orion was not a huge – they were big, but they weren't Warner Brothers or Fox or Universal, you know? They were, like, a smaller – they were, like, the new line of their time, you know? And, and the design team, like – they also made the the police outfits look like the movie, which I always loved. How they had those bulletproof vests and the helmets and everything. And, yeah, and, and the tension tell, too. Yeah, and and, and unlike uh, unlike uh, Diallo's uh, Flash Gordon, you know, it, it's not rotoscoped, but it definitely has that X Men the Animated Series style to it. Yeah, you know the the look of <laughs> yeah. it. I'm like, okay, I I felt like we were seeing the early stages of the X Men the Animated Series. Yeah, I, w- I will say really quick before I before I pass the torch to Diallo that this is probably one of my least favorite times for animation. Like it went from yeah. such a artistic, like um, you know, these guys who would go on to make epic animated films that uh, that were working at like Filmation for Peanuts, and then they got like basically outsourcing this shit to Japan and overseas. You know where. They, the throwaway cutaway shots. I mean, famously, G.I. Joe ha- is the worst for it because, like, suddenly, you know, Beachhead's got a mask on his face and then Beachhead's mask is gone. You're like, <laughs> wait, what the fuck just happened there? You know, the the the, the animation was sloppier, uh, but it, damn, it's still so nostalgically fun for mm. me personally. So yeah. that's my two cents. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I, I was in, in my rabbit hole. I was thinking that exact same thing watching 
like this and um, uh, the next movie. <laughs> the attack? Next cartoon, yeah, Attack. Where it's so, for me, like, I was, again, as the elder statesman of the of the trio. <laughs> as the old little, man. I'm a little older than you guys, even though I look young, young. Um, so I was in high school when this was out. And I was probably like a junior. Yeah, it's like a junior, senior. And so clearly I was watching cartoons. It wasn't like I was too cool because I've never been too cool for that stuff. <laughs> Um, you know, Thank back God. back then, you had to hide it a little bit more. Yeah, you <laughs> sure did. But um, but I, you know, I but I watched. But I, I do know that that was like an era for me where I know shows that I normally I like. I always liked cartoons, but they were it was starting to be. There were a lot of shows like that, cartoons like that at the time, that were, you know, spinoffs of of these super violent. <laughs> movie series like uh chuck norris and uh rambo oh, karate commander <laughs> rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah rambo perfect yeah. example yeah and i probably watched rambo a lot more than either of these but um but I, as you know as i'm watching and i'm i'm personally starting to remember how much i didn't really like that era and it transferred into the early 90s where yeah. i didn't like i it's like I kind of fell off with watching a lot of a lot of that stuff, and there was a few that I still did, and it wasn't again until like it wasn't until like the maybe like the mid to late '90s where I felt like the quality of animation started to go back up again, and I started watching a lot more, um, yep. a lot more stuff. So for me, like I don't like I don't want to like talk down about it or anything, but there was like there was this time for me in this era where I was more. Like I was really feeling the money grab of, and not just of this, but of everything. Like I, I remember I had a, I had a RoboCop uh, video game from my Commodore sixty four, and and like whenever you would see a like a licensed version of something in the comic books, I'd always I I'd, I'd always knew like it wasn't gonna be as cool. Like the artwork <laughs> in X Men was amazing, but the artwork in like whatever, like, you know, Robocop or whatever wasn't gonna be that great. Aliens yeah. is the exception though. Aliens was like <laughs> next level. Um so anyways, they never yeah, had a video, a cartoon of that. You yeah. Know? So I think I like in that era, the only one that I think actually did it really, really well that transcended the original was Ghostbusters, which I know Corey will like definitely agree with with that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, totally. So yeah, like that, that was kind of my takeaway. Like I, I just, I really have this, <laughs> I hate Like I, I want to like be more supportive of it, but I just had this feeling it, like as I was watching it, I was like kind of remembering that era of cartoons wasn't my favorite. Like it was kind of yeah. like the tail end of GI Joe transformers. And we were moving into that, that animation style looked a lot better earlier. And then it got into that weird rubbery kind of look that was around for a while um so yeah. Yeah, but i mean I'm, I'm i mean i'm with you 100 percent, dude yeah i i like the late 70s stuff the rotoscoping stuff i like mm -hmm. the he-man stuff and everything animation style you know like i said i enjoyed the, the cartoon but like 
like I said, it's it's that X-Men animated style, and I did not really particularly like X-Men, the animated series. I watched it begrudgingly. It was like one of those things like, oh, I'm going to watch it because I know these characters. I'm like, oh, it's it's Wendigo. Eh, but, you know, it's like, but <laughs> it looks like that. But then it was when Batman, the animated series, yeah. hits. That's when I was yeah. like, oh, God. I, the artist in me. I mean, I'm a freaking yeah. artist. I drew my entire childhood. I was constantly drawing. And when Batman, the animated series, hit, the artist in me just like, like mm-hmm. orgasm, you know. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And I, I, I appreciate that with the X Men the animated series, they really wanted to make the characters look like the comic books. Like they really tried for that, and I get it. But it's like this. It's it's the same thing. It's very blocky. It's very stiff mm-hmm. because I think they don't. I truly think the problem is they don't use any rotoscoping in these whatsoever they drop it completely and i think that's why you get a lot of the stiff animation late 80s to to and then what late 90s mid mid 90s when batman anime series comes out but that's not really rotoscoped either but they went with an animation style that was more conducive to being fluid looking mm-hmm. well I, I would also say too that that it wasn't just the animation that took a back turn but it, it felt like the tone got kind of terrible because everything got louder yeah everything was all about loud yeah like i think about like conan the barbarian which is actually a pretty cool cartoon Mm. but everything was like roar everything was yelling and shouting x-men was all explosions like all the time that spider-man cartoon was really like super fast paced and really kind of loud yeah yeah it it was like super fast you know everything was extreme right gi joe got extreme yeah yeah uh ghostbusters got extreme yeah ghostbusters Ghostbusters, yeah (laughs) but i will say one of my favorite all-time episodes of the ghostbusters is an extreme ghostbuster episode it's the one with the maggots in it because it's so terrifying and i've sent it to you a million times Oh, okay, yeah. okay, side note, guys and gals. Uh, Extreme, Go- I, I rewatched Extreme Ghostbusters a few years ago from beginning to end because I'd never really seen it before. It's actually really fucking good. Because oh, it's good, it's, yeah. It's kind of adult. Like, it's it's kind of... It's scary. If, if real Ghostbusters is, is PG, then then Extreme Ghostbusters is PG-13. It's actually pretty fucking cool. I it, highly recommend it. Yeah, the, uh, uh, you know, everything was extreme during that time, but... This was definitely a show that had the name extreme, but it was not over the top. Like, okay, God, we get it. Mm-hmm. Because that that's at this point, we started venturing into like Power Rangers and, you know, Pokemon and getting more in that realm, which is totally fine. And that's a whole separate entity. But every, and I think that's probably what was turning kids off. They're like, oh my, I'm personally speaking personally, I was like, oh my God, like, seriously, enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, Enough of like the loud colors and the and the over the top expressions and the animation just felt kind of weak and you know give me give me GI Joe any day. Yeah, and yeah. I was actually and that was also too where and we're not talking about RoboCop enough, I think, but like I was <laughs> no, it's, okay. it's really okay because <laughs> no, it was twelve episodes. I, it, yeah, but I also was kind of I remember that was also a time I not because of the animation style, but because. Uh, anime was so much better in quality. It was. I was like, I would seek that out more just because I wanted to actually see great animation styles. And so I stopped watching a lot of American cartoons, especially like in the early 90s when like we were able to get a lot more stuff from overseas. Um, So yeah, just like it wasn't like, it wasn't my favorite time. (laughs) And so like, again, I remember, I remember the only ones I really watched that I was kind of into was, um, was Rambo kind of, 
Um, I still don't like Rambo Chuck, is super interesting. I still don't like Chuck Norris. I'm sorry. Sorry. How um, dare you? Zach. How dare you? I think cowboys and martial arts don't mix. Um. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> what do you, what are cowboy boots for? They're for kicking people in the face. I, I, I never had any of the Chuck Norris uh, toys. But I for some reason, Yanni yeah, did. Um, I loved all of the designs, and I loved the packaging art. That whatever that art, whoever artist they used for that that series, I loved it. And honestly, watched a couple cards. episodes with you, Zach, of that show, and I thought it was entertaining enough. Yeah, that cartoon I, I was, imagine. It was yeah, I imagine well, we're gonna get to it on here at some point. Yeah, right? we yeah. have to, yeah. and 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 I will say, and I'm not defending it at all because it was it was trash back then. It's a, our nostalgic lens is so different because I know at the time RoboCop, I was expecting a certain thing when I was a kid, and I was like, yeah, oh, this isn't so good. And now I watch it now, and I'm like, oh, this is really entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Swamp Thing was that way with me. I was like, I don't really get this swamp thing and i watched it recently and I'm like swamp thing's badass that cartoon was really way ahead of its time you know yeah chuck norris is chuck norris is cheese ball and it's so silly and and the toys didn't match up to the way the figures looked you know and i was like oh come on can't they just like make them that was another thing too if the toys didn't look like the figures then i had a real disconnect and robocop the RoboCop figure was badass. Ed 209, 260, 248, 367, whatever, was badass. But the rest of the villains were kind of shitty. Yeah. You know, I don't think they made a Lewis figure. They might have made a Lewis figure. I, I doubt they did. Honestly, I truly doubt that they did because... I doubt that they did, but she might have been a male way. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they had, like, generic-looking buddies of his. But, but I mean, this, this, is all- this is this is case in point, why why you need a strong villain. Because, like, look, you think about Mask. Who's the first fucking person you think of when you think of Mask? You think of... Miles Mayhem. Right. You think of fucking Switchblade, right? Like, who... Like, right now, it was his uh, ship, wasn't his it? His ship, yeah, name? the helicopter. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and who do you think of when you think of He-Man? You think of Skeletor. Who do you Skeletor. think of when you think of G.I. Joe? You think of fucking Cobra Commander. Like, it's, you need to have a villain that is as awesome as your your main character. And RoboCop is is awesome. Ed 209 is a great villain, but he's a, you know, he's a robot. It's not he's really going to work out. Yeah, yeah but they exactly. didn't use him. They didn't use him in the lead way. Right? No, yeah, you're right. No. Like Diallo said, he's a henchman. And this came out, I'm, I'm not positive on timeline but i feel like this came out the same time cops and robbers came out oh yeah the, that show you know, yeah. cops right you mean the, that, the fighting crime in a future time show is fighting crime yeah. in a future time yeah so the, yeah. the figures were called cops and robbers but the show was called cops, cops okay right? yeah. yeah and and that show which i still have on on that was a great on blu-ray show. actually it's mm-hmm. a fucking great show. A great show, and it was based yeah. on a Mar- DC or Marvel comic or one or the other. I, I remember uh, uh, Diallo. This name might ring a bell to you. Um, artist Bart Sears. Oh yeah, was the oh. one. He, he, I, I know. He, he, he draws. <laughs> he draws fantastic muscle women. Yeah. Um, but he was the one that designed all mm. of the cops' uh, toys. Those toys. Those toys were fantastic looking. I still have my Buttons McBoom Boom. He was my favorite fucking character. Uh, I still have Mr. Big or whatever he was called. Yeah. Guys, we could do 
We could do TV Obscura like like I, all year. We could do all year long on just cartoons and probably not hit every single cartoon that we <laughs> that we want to do. But I mean, I think we're gonna see a lot of cartoons in the future on this show for sure. But Diallo, I, I'm with you, man. Like I, I get it. I get why you know, like you watch it and you're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, but but it's just there's a, a mental disconnect happening. <laughs> trying, and, yeah. <laughs> but I will I will say though, like what what you said is actually true like for what they were able to put together like if you if like someone came to me and and was like hey Diallo we want you to develop you know this whatever movie I don't, I can't even name a movie because nothing's come out in this past year but <laughs> but there, um, yet there's still an academy award what the fuck right but you know like if some if some movie had come out and it was like super popular and they wanted me to develop it as a um as a like a kid show a kid series but there was no like villain that really translates i it, like i could i could see them you know coming up there's a little formula that they use and we'll i will have a lot to talk about for the next one but there's like a formula they use for those kind of shows and i don't know that that translated very well to robocop and yeah um they probably should have leaned more heavily into it and gone like a little further out and been a little bit more creative and that might have helped it a lot more um but again, it's also in this strain, that really strange space where it's like these, there, there's these like R movies, hard R movies that like, that are known for their extreme violence, but it was also kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We know like this is the kids are all the ones that really love the movies. Now I'm not even talking about like the cartoons, the kids yeah. were the ones that loved. Cause I remember like, too, like, I mean, and this isn't new. I remember when the first Alien came out, there was like a board game. I remember like my yeah, my I remember my the, cousin the big toy. got it. Yeah, yeah. Alien toy yeah. came out. And so we were. I was you know, I was like nine yeah. or ten at the time. So yeah, like it's not like it's not a new thing, but it was just, it was like hilarious at that point because yeah. you know like these like super violent shows, and they were just like the pipeline to to cart to kids cartoon was so so efficient. That they like you said it was that it was a cartoon a year later that I didn't know that like that is yeah. crazy to me that is crazy that's, to me that's wild yeah. it's almost like they had they had have stopped started working on it like while they were still in production or yeah. something yeah you know? that's, that's, that that happened so fast that it's almost like it had to have been planned uh, yeah that's crazy. what blows me away is that they to think about how long it takes to put a cartoon together and you know an original cartoon at that and and it must have they must have had this in the pipeline. And, yeah. you know, and, and RoboCop, it's not the worst R-rated cartoon of all, t- like the, like the hardest R. Yeah. Definitely Toxic Crusaders gets mm. the, the nod for the hardest R because it's like practically an X-rated, uh, you know, horror film. But, but RoboCop was pretty damn close. Well, it would have yeah. been, right? Is that they had to cut those scenes out of RoboCop so it that it been. could be R. So yeah. that, I mean. Which you look at now and you're like, who gives a shit? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I see worse on TV. <laughs> Yeah. Worse, I'm Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead's um, like, oh my god. And and the only thing to like wrap it up and it, just because Diallo, your conversation sort of made me think of it. I think of maybe a simple solution was to say that that they basically resurrect Clarence Boddicker and the rest of his crew as like cyborgs. So mm, you could say yeah. the whole first movie happened exactly the way you saw it, but yeah. you know Clarence Boddicker didn't technically die, or he died as much as Murphy died and was brought back as a robot, mm. and then boom, you have the crew that he fights against. Against, you know all the time as cyborgs but i will say in the 12th episode if you guys ever 
never get a chance to watch it, they do deal with the fact that RoboCop sees Clarence and, like, freaks out because it's the fucking person that killed him. Like, they mm. address that fact, you know? And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm You know, because it would have been weird great. if he was like, ah, you're just Clarence Boddicker. I don't care. But he's like, he actively tries to kill Clarence Boddicker in the episode. It's really interesting. And I really think, again, they were like, they were doing the best they could with it, with translating a, an R R rated film. So they they so. did totally. like sh- some shows tend to do that in those last episodes. I think when they know it's canceled, <laughs> there's like yeah, <laughs> there's it. another show ah. that I know. I'm not gonna say it. I'll say it offline. There's another show that I know we're gonna do at some point. I know Corey's gonna take this one, and they definitely did that in the last few episodes. <laughs> and it's I mean it's a, it was epic, but I you know it's like. At that point, they're just like, whatever. Like, whatever, guys. We're going to push the envelope. Who cares about the censors? Fuck it, just do some cocaine. (laughs) Just shoot the thing. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. La la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. And speaking of a concept that should be just whatever, but turns out to be whateverly good, remarkably, was the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes uh, show. Zach, please take us on on this lovely uh, trip that I was so pleasantly surprised by. (laughs) Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, isn't it a pity? Tomatoes eating the city. <laughs> Who would have thought that a movie from that a low budge, super low budge, super obscure 1970s horror film would spawn a TV series on Fox Kids for not one but two seasons? Not me. <laughs> yeah, talking about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the cartoon, which. In fairness, 
bears more of a resemblance to Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which came out in the 80s. Uh, more of the characters and the plot lines and the subplots and yada, 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 yada. But Zach, before you before you jump into this, I, I want to preface everything to the everyone listening. I was so like it's been so long since I've been exposed to those actually and I you guys know like I spent Saturday watching like the the original the first movie and then the sequel and then the cartoon and Zach you need to tell me how we got from there to here <laughs> Look dude I I I I want to know honestly like uh you know, not to sound too crass, but like, I want to know who the hell slept with who to get this greenlit because this is bizarre. So Return of the Killer Tomatoes came out in 88, which stars George Clooney, by the way. He has a prominent role in the uh, 88 Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which which is a fun movie to watch uh, if you're totally stoned or whatever, drunk. <laughs> but yeah, who would have thought that how it, how it went from 78 to 88 to all of a sudden to 1990 and there's an attack to the killer tomatoes cartoon there's a game boy game which i still own there is a toy line which i still have quite a few of the toys from um they're not very good the tomatoes are cool but the figures don't move uh it it, it boggles my mind that this that this concept became what it is um you know, Fox Kids was kind of exploded in the late 80s, early 90s, and they had their slate of um, homegrown cartoons and Attack of, of the Killer Tomatoes was one of them. <laughs> it's a it's also a Marvel owned property, which is awesome and bizarre at the same time. It's kind of like Toxic Crusaders, like how in the hell did this ever get made? Uh, but it did. And it lasted, like I said, for two seasons. It aired in uh, September of 1990, and it lasted till November of 91. So, uh, season and a half, I guess, if you will. Uh, but it but it has like 42 episodes. The voice acting cast for this is bonkers. <laughs> so it's the exact opposite of RoboCop. Well, yeah. <laughs> so what it, it but it has connections to both. Um, Flash Gordon and, uh, and and RoboCop, in my opinion. So first of all, with with RoboCop, it's taking this like who would have thought they'd ever make a cartoon out of this concept, <laughs> and they did. But um, John Aston, obviously of the Adams family, mostly I think people mostly know him from that Night Court. Night Court, yes. Uh, Return of the John Tomatoes. <laughs> Return of the. He plays Doctor Gangrene. It's he plays Doctor Gangrene. Um, Tom Bray, who fans of podcasting after dark will know as Etchinson from Prince of Darkness, and fans of just awesome shit will know from Riptide. He was in Riptide. He was oh, the yeah. guy in Riptide. Yeah. Uh, he plays uh, Wilbur Finletter, and. Um, Cam Clark plays Igor. Cam Clark will be known to voice actor fans as Leonardo uh, from yeah. TMNT. I the could original hear it. I could hear it. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and Maurice LaMarche. My man, who, Egon who, Spangler from Real You know as Egon. 
Maurice LaMarche, uh, I mean, he has he Pinky in the Brain, Extreme Ghostbusters, Hey Arnold, Futurama. Like he he's kind of a, a legend in the VO biz. But those are like the, the top build names for this uh, for this cartoon. But the, the cartoon loosely follows the original movies and the, the Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, oh, I have to also point out that Haim Sabin and Shuki Levy, two of my all-time, who, if there was ever a um, cartoon music um, Hall of Fame, they would be the, the first guys to go in because they did everything. They did Mask. They did... Uh, no guts, no glory. You know, uh, Galaxy Six. Rangers. They did Jason the Wheel Warriors. They did the Power Rangers. They did every pole single car pole position. Oh, every shit. single I cartoon. Was a pole position cartoon. Keep going, Diallo. Yeah, like that one to the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every cartoon you can think of that had a kick ass theme song, they did it. Wait, Shukulavin so. so the the people who did this theme song did the mask theme songs. They did saying. mask. They did. I, I mean, fucking love the mask theme song, and yeah. I fucking loved this theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's the best. It, it and and so okay, so the the, the basic plot line is, <laughs> Doctor Gangrene and his assistant Igor are trying to take over um, the city. Uh, San. <laughs> Z- San Zucchini was it San Zucchini. Zucchini. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And um, and with their with their henchmen of tomatoes, which start out really small, by the way. But as the show went on, uh, it used to be kind of episodic one offs for every episode. But then in season two, the tone shifted. And unfortunately, it wasn't that popular. It shifted into a storyline and the tomatoes got darker. Zoltan and his. Uh, they call it the the Gang of Five. Zoltan and the Gang of Five, who were small tomatoes in, in the first season, become like these superpower big tomatoes, and they become really dark, and it gets really creepy. Mm. And I loved it. And they actually, uh, the tone felt like they were going to go in this action realm, but that's what fans didn't like over well overall. So it didn't work and they canceled it, which really pissed me off because it roots. It was really picking up. Like we talked about in a previous episode with Highlander, like future episodes, they were really getting their going. Like they really, they really knew where they were going with the tone and, and with the story and the build. And like, this was getting, you know, impending doom was coming in and, and people were like, yeah, well, we like this cutesy stuff. Kind of like the flip of flash, you know, like mm-hmm. the flash was like, Oh, we're going to do this kick-ass storyline. And then we're going to have these like shitty 30, 20 minute episodes. It was kind of the flip side. Like, Oh, we're going to have these shitty 20 minute episodes, but they're not shitty. They're funny as hell, but it just didn't have that kind of continuity. Um, they're hilarious. At least the one that I saw the, the first one, I guess was fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, I, I will about. say, I will say, I personally think that this show was way ahead of its time in, in tone uh in 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 conventions like they also use cgi in later episodes when other cartoons were not doing cgi yet i think they were one of the first kind of mainstream cartoons to use cgi um they broke the fourth wall in like every single episode you know uh oh i was going to point out sorry one of the voices on the show which is the um he's he's the voice of 
reason. The news broadcaster on the show, because there's always like a news broadcaster in every episode that kind of updates you on what's going on. Whitley White. This is Whitley White. Uh, he's voiced by Neil Ross. He was like on everything from Voltron to G.I. Joe yeah. to Transformers. But then if you go down his, his resume, he was also in a uh, video game that came out in the 80s called Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of this show will know who that, that game. Fans of Corey yeah. will know that show. Um, anyways, yeah. The, so so the, the the basic plot is like Gang Green's trying to take over with his assistant Igor and his tomatoes. And it's up to Wilbur and his son Chad. Um, Wilbur owns a, a, a pizza delivery uh, joint. But he doesn't use tomatoes. Because are tomatoes outlawed? Is that what it is? Ever since the Great Tomato War. And and I love how his hat hat says uh, uh, VTW, I think, Veteran of the Tomato tomato Wars. Wars. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, because Bodie's like, what's VTW? And I said, oh, let's look it up. And we did, Veteran of Tomato Wars. And so Wilbur's kind of an idiot. He, well, go ahead, Diallo. Was he the one that was in the movies too? The yeah, disguise. He was the, the original. Disguise? Yeah, w- yeah, he was the original. And so yeah. the, the the running gag in the original movie was that he he was like running around with this like World War II uniform on with his parachute already exp- like blown out. <laughs> so in the cartoon, he run when he's gearing up for battle, he's got this parachute that hangs behind him, which is like a funny <laughs> storyline, uh, funny gag. But uh, Chad is his like his nephew. Uh, he's got Chad's got a kind of girlfriend slash friend named Tara, who is actually a tomato who was created by Gangrene. Is that and from she's... the movie? Is she from the movie? That's from she's Return, from Re- right? Return, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was a little confused. It... Well, I'll let you talk, but yeah, I was a little confused by that because there was a shift from Return to uh, the cartoon, but it definitely was like a direct correlation. So I wasn't, uh... yeah, it makes me, makes me assume that they're like thinking kids didn't watch the movie and Uh they're just kind of picking up and they, and they were very half-assed with their, with the, with the continuity, Uh you know, because in the second season, suddenly Tara, so Tara gets, she's, she's a tomato who gets turned into a human, but she gets turned into a human and back again by getting salt dabbed on her. Yeah, and she's, then, aller- then, she's allergic to salt. So when salt yes. gets poured on her, she turns into a tomato. And I think if you pour salt on her again, she turns back into the human. Exactly. And, and then she's in the second season. Too. Oh, yeah, totally. Checks another. Fills another bucket for you. She's kind of hot, too. And then in the second season. Also. And, you know, Wilbur doesn't know that she's a tomato because he hates all tomatoes. And that's why they keep it a secret. In the second season, it's no longer a secret. Chad has a buddy named... FT, who is a friendly tomato, hmm. who he's Wilbur thinks is a dog. Yeah, he's <laughs> because he's like he a barks. Tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there a toy of that one? Because that was there was that was there crazy. Were, there, I think yeah. there was like a plush doll or something. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it, and so this show like this speaks to my language. This is my love language when it comes to humor. It's so random. It's so bizarre. It's so just like stupid, which makes you laugh. You know, you, you're constantly laughing your ass off and you're like, yeah, but there's something kind of going on here. You know, there's one scene where um, that uh, the Zoltan and his other tomatoes, the the five, uh, the gang of five are playing cards 
I wrote this down. I wrote this down. And yeah, and he goes, <laughs> how can you play cards? You ain't got no hands. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says it, all the cards fall. And I'm like, this is fucking genius. This totally. is amazing. Totally. Yeah, there's shit like that. There, you know, so back to Wilbur. Wilbur ha- makes pizzas without tomato. Uh, he makes pizzas without tomato sauce. So he makes like a mayonnaise pizza with red snapper on it. A peanut butter and onion pizza. <laughs> um you know, and then Gangreen talks about how he created, I created, ta- uh, I created Tara. She's so luscious and bright. And I'm like, luscious and yeah. bright. It's <laughs> dirty. Uh, you know, and shit like that. And then Igor, Igor is like, this, he's a slacker guy, man. He like, sounds like, uh, you know, he totally sounds like Leonardo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's, he's great. And then like in the one, the episode that, the, I guess the pilot, right? Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Dad. I know you wish I was all hunched back and like, oh, ring the bell, you know. Like, I'm like, they're doing so much comedy on in this show. They're doing like so many references. There was even like a, an Apocalypse Now reference where he's like, mm-hmm. I love the smell of I don't know tomato paste in the evening yes. or something. And I'm yes. like, man, kids, that would just go right over their heads. But they're oh, just most, firing it out. Yeah, most of this stuff did. And 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 one thing that they re they kept in both movies and in the cartoon was um, the tomato guy who is yeah. <laughs> like a side character that you would only know from the movie. Uh, but he, but he would always pop up in random scenes going tomatoes. And, and he sounded a little bit like Woody Allen. He had this kind of cadence to the way he talked. And it was like, Oh, impending doom is coming. Hey. You know, which, which was so funny it was funny to me back then it's funny to me now it's so funny to me that i have 26 of the episodes from fox recorded on vhs i edited all the commercials out i would wait this was like they showed this originally it was like at seven in the morning and then it was like at 6 30 yeah and then it was at like 5 30 <laughs> like oh come on you know they're gonna cancel this eventually but it was so good i would set my vcr i learned to program my vcr because i love this show so much <laughs> that i would re- record the episodes and, and hope that i programmed it correctly and so it's never had a proper dvd release Never had a proper Blu-ray, obviously. Wow. Uh, it definitely needs it. The, the, the episodes they have, the, there is a continuity online on YouTube of episodes, but half the episodes are like overcropped and you can barely see the picture. Uh, and then some of the episodes are perfectly fine. But what's cool about it is they have a lot of the original episodes on YouTube have the bumpers of Fox Kid, Kids Club, yeah. which, mm-hmm. which is what what was so rad about Fox kids club and rad about this time was Fox used to give away some cool shit. They had like a giveaway where they gave you every single toy that came out for Batman at that time. Then they would put you, they would make a toy of your likeness as well. Then they would put you in the cartoon and they would put you in the comic book and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is an amazing (laughs) thing, you know? And so those bumpers are on the episodes of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But the show itself, man, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm chewing up so much time talking about it. Chew, but baby, chew. Clearly, <laughs> I love the show. Um, I, I think, like I said, it's ahead of its time. I think it could, it could be shown now. And, I mean, Bodie, and there's no bias. It's totally unbiased. But out of all the shows, this was the one he said, can we watch another one? Can we watch another one? Because he was laughing at it. He was I like, this is that. funny, you know. So that's that's the end of my 
rant on why I love Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and why I chose it. Diallo, you watched both of the movies and then the cartoon. What are your thoughts? I'm dying to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I literally watched them like everything in a row. Like I watched uh, Attack, which I don't know that I actually had ever seen Attack, actually. And then um, and then Return and then the cartoon, like boom, boom, boom. And so my my impression of the cartoon, I was I was really super impressed how much of the other two movies was in the cartoon like i was like oh i know that character that character was here and like knowing that the first one came out in the 70s and the next one in the 80s and then a few years later i was just you know it was there was like a continuity that it followed and i was really impressed with that um the writing that was actually i mean the jokes were hilarious and the references um i noted because at the time that would have been a thing that was kind of new like People didn't like a lot of especially yeah. cartoons. They didn't really do like the pop culture references until much, much later. So that was yeah. something that I noticed like right away. And I thought it was like really clever. Um, yeah, it was just it was just so wild and zany. And like I, I kind of didn't know it was <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, but I didn't care because um, it was so out there. I mean, the whole concept is just ridiculous anyways. But I mean, I, I liked how, like, you know, carrying over from the, uh, you know, there was, because they really leaned heavily into the the concept of, like, tomatoes not being allowed in the second movie. And that carried yeah. over into the movie with the pizzas, because they were making, like, peanut butter pizza and stuff, like, you know, George Clooney, <laughs> hey, what do you want, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, the, the, but the thing with the, what's the, uh, the, the girl tomato? Tara, deal? yeah. Yeah, so in the in a in return, she was like the like the romantic foil to the main character. Yeah. And then in this cartoon, it was sort of like they switched the main character to like a younger guy and yeah, so Chad. Yeah, and I, I didn't quite I I was I mean, I I was wondering if they were tr- they were trying not to evoke the uh sort of raunchiness of the of the movie or they just wanted yeah. to make it more accessible to kids i did i was i was curious bit. about that part um but yeah like it was fun i i really liked it like the uh, like with the characters would pop up from the movies like the um the the black character that was like the, the in disguise the he was like the disguise uh Guy. like he popped yeah, up so, i was like hey I, I was like hey i know that guy <laughs> those are the the those are the uh the tomato task force yeah right? and and there's yeah the one black guy who's who's dressed up in his like lone ranger outfit and he's got like a like a pretty noticeable lisp which is hilarious yeah and then there's one character that's in his um uh, scuba diving gear and he talks like he's underwater all the time. <laughs> like, dude, and he's walking around with his flippers on. Yeah. And it's not like he would be walking normal. He walks awkward because you would walk awkward with your yeah. flippers on, you know? Uh, there was, um, what was the, and again, the guy with the parachute, what was his name? Yeah, again? Wilbur, Wilbur Finletter. Uh, so, you know, what's interesting about him that I noticed, so in the, in the movie, especially the first movie, he had like a, confederate patch on yeah and and there was like there were like some definite like race related kind of um jokes that were leaning towards that 
Um, but then I was it was so it was interesting to me that he was in the cartoon. But what I found interesting was that there was a couple lines that he made that had to do with like that southern mentality without directly evoking like the racial component. So I mean, I thought that that was yeah. I thought it was actually kind of clever that they even like would even kind of go there. But it wasn't it wasn't like you know it didn't cross the line or anything. But they kind of well, no. Like, he said he said uh, at one point he goes the South shall rise yeah, again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like what the hell? yeah? When he said that, I was like, oh wow. He had, like because I remember that he had the. Uh, the patch on in the first movie so that's interesting <laughs> but yeah no it was it was really cool I, I dug it um i again that again that was for me in that era where i was i was not watching cartoons really at all and some of it was like because i was at, that was like my first year to a college and we just didn't have cable where i was going yeah. to school so yeah. i didn't really get to watch stuff when i was at until uh, i was home for the summer and then most of the time it was like teenage mutant ninja turtles or something uh then the following year, Batman. Um, but so this was like, yeah, this was the first I remember when it was on, but I never really watched it. Um, but like, you know, I had like not a not a feeling of regret that I didn't watch it. But I was like, oh, man, I kind of wish I had actually engaged with this when it was uh, when it was on the air back at, back then. So, yeah. yeah, 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 it was fun. I mean, that that's how I felt back. Like when I was a kid, I knew this was ahead of its time for some reason like it really clicked with i didn't watch anything else i feel like i don't remember any other cartoons at that time and i remember just like I, i'm compelled to record this thing and, and i yeah i pull out the 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 box the vhs on the slp or whatever on the longest thing and i've got like 26 some odd episodes and and i haven't watched slp that's right that's the speed that you could record and they stretch yeah. the tape out yeah that's right so yeah, for those people that, that don't know on vhs there was you could you could record a two-hour movie on an SP, or you could stretch it out a little bit longer and record like a four-hour something for four hours on like LP. With, and with then a quality do, hit, of course. Yeah, yeah, and then SLP, which stretched the tape even thinner, and you could record six six hours, six to eight hours, or something like that. Yeah, so, and the quality was <laughs> yeah. shit. And you could see it on YouTube. <laughs> Forgot that, Dude. Corey. What what do you think about the whole Killer Tomatoes? So, I mean, I've seen both of those movies. It wasn't my cup of tea when I was younger. I really want to go back and rewatch them. Um, I remember this show when it was coming on air, and I remember I was like, eh, I don't like this movie, so whatever. <laughs> uh, rewatching it or watching it for, for this show, for TV Obscura, it's my favorite of the three that we watched. Diallo, I am completely with you. I'm like, oh, my God, I... I do kind of regret that I didn't engage with this when it came out. I was blown away by this episode, the the, the pilot or whatever. Uh, yeah. I thought the writing was slick. I thought it was funny, like legit funny, not like, yeah. nah, that's stupid. I was like, oh, my God, that was actually kind of funny. It had, you know, meta references, third wall breaks. Um, I mean, a, a little bit of sexiness, uh, a lot of laughs. The characters were fucking great. I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God, this is really fucking good. So yeah, I don't know what else to say. I loved this one. This one, shockingly, I loved it. And I kind of like the theme of this whole 
entire episode is me being kind of shocked by how much I like things because like like here Attack of the Killer Tomatoes like I just said wasn't a fan of the movie and uh, you know uh, Flash Gordon wasn't a fan of the movie there either and then with Robocop I kind of remember not liking it because I'm like well I like Robocop and I want to see you know people get their fucking arms shot off and shit you know yeah. here I'm surprised at how good all three of these cartoons were, but I do truly believe that Attack of the Killer Tomatoes takes the cake, and, you know, by a large margin, it is fantastic, and it is a goddamn shame that it's not available on Blu-ray or DVD, because I want to now actually do what Diallo did, and just dig in and watch everything Attack of the Killer Tomatoes back-to-back and see how this sort of, like, plays out and then keep going forward with the cartoon because it's fucking great. It's fantastic. You don't... I Seriously, I, first off, you can't make a cartoon with the word killer in the title <laughs> nowadays for kids, yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then in the intro, like, it's implying that people are dying. And then there's yeah. that one tomato where it kind of gets to the kid in the, in the alley and kind of, you know, whatever. But, I mean, that thing looks scary as shit. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, and then and then you got the cute little, the cute little fucking t- tomato guy, FT. And, and the whole tomato. thing we were talking about before about having these cute characters, how we hated them. This he's is the fucking though. exception. Yeah. This is the, the one exception. that I fucking loved. And yeah. he also feels like he fits. You know, he's a, he's, yeah. a, he's a hairy tomato. And like Diallo said, I want a fucking plush toy of him. I want yeah. him now. <laughs> I, think... I, am, I am in love with this show. It's amazing. Check it out on YouTube. Go find any fucking episode, but especially the pilot. I loved it, guys. Igor was great. Fucking Dr. Gangrene was great because, of, I mean, of course, it's it's um, it's john astin of course it's john astin so it's 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 amazing everything about this show or at least this episode that i saw was awesome dude seriously you know what i actually oh oh, good i was about to say like what i felt was that it took the because like the first movie was definitely it was a different vibe from the first movie to the sec to return return was a little bit more standard 80s kind of it was a little flatter but it still was you know it was it was what it was it was kind of fun but yeah the first movie was crazy and it was all over the place and it was ridiculous and i really felt like they they melded the two of those really well to make the cartoon so the cartoon had that kind of random zaniness to it and that it had that energy in um with some of the more fleshed out characters from uh return and I think that's one of the reasons why the cartoon like um worked so well. And then it also had that um I think I was talking about a little bit in the last one, there's like a little formula that kind of um came out of cartoons with like a cast of characters with like, you know, the we were talking about like the little you have like the little pet kind of character and then you have like the villains that kind of have their own little side. And I think it did that well enough to kind of keep you engaged. And yeah, it just, it was, it was, it was great. Um, but, uh, oh, one, one question I do have, Zach, you said it was on two seasons. Yeah. Uh, how well, many two, episodes? Like one and a half. Okay. How many episodes was it like a full, like, um, I th- it only lasted for eight episodes <laughs> in the second season. And, oh, okay. And, and, but, but in my opinion, those eight episodes were the strongest of the series mm. because that's when the tone shifted and went more with a storyline and looked like it was going down a darker tone. Like Zoltan became this like big beast, Mm. right? And his five, uh, what do you call it? The, the gang of five became 
like very unique looking tomatoes. Like one looked like a snake and one looked like a beef steak. Like I think one is called a beef. Ste- They're all the different variations on types of, of yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. One's a beef steak tomato and he looks like a bull and he's got a horn in his nose or whatever. And, um, and it's such a shame that it didn't, it just di- didn't continue because obviously they were putting money behind this thing. You know, the game boy game, which like I said, I, I still have, was it's actually really fun. It's a side-scrolling game, but it's got the um, narration from Whitley White in in between every uh, challenge episode or challenge scene or whatever. It's it's super fun. I I still play it occasionally, and uh, yeah, it's ahead of its time. It had such crazy humor too. Like at the end of the the pilot episode. There's some weird scene at the end. Like, first off, there's like this fun little dance number towards the end of the actual episode, yeah. which I loved. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, bopping along with it. And then there's this weird scene with Dr. Gangrene and Igor talking about like how he got into science. And he's like, well, the, the I got into science because I ate my first, I ate a lawnmower. And he like, he does this weird, so like random. he acts like a lawnmower is inside of him and he, he drives away or something. And like he bounces <laughs> away and like, that was it. And I was like, that's fucking gold. Everything yeah. here from beginning to end is fucking gold all the way through. Well, they would, they would do that, but they would put a button on almost every episode with that with with a similar like random scene at the end like a tag just 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 to kind of wrap up i thought they were gonna like say like oh how did you get into science oh you know I, you know i thought there was gonna be like you know that message at the end like the gi joe message but like no be like science sensitive or, or centric and he's like no i ate my first lawnmower uh, and then blah, blah, blah. he's like he like it's so <laughs> weird but it works it just it works and it's absolutely amazing but I think that's why it works because it, it, it took a concept that is so that that most people were like, okay, yeah, that came out, that happened, Attack <laughs> of the Killer Tomatoes happened. It was like a college prank gone bad, and then that's it. We're never going to talk about it again. But it but but it's kind of like Toxic Avenger if you think about it with Toxic Crusader. Toxic Crusaders. I know we will go down that road and watch oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, it's re- that's a really good show too. Like it's oh, yeah. really funny. Um, but you're taking a concept that like kids are like, it actually plays into what most kids do when you play, you know, most kids just like to just pick up random shit and put it together and make something out of it. That is like what play is supposed to be, you know, versus an adult telling you, no, this is this guy and you plays with, he's the villain. And, you know, that's why Bodhi rips all his heads off all his GI Joes (laughs) and he makes his own GI Joes. And I'm just like, no, but that's, that's, that's Duke. That's no, that's, he's like, no, no, this, this guy. And I'm like, Okay, you're right. <laughs> that's that guy. So, so it's the same idea, though. You know, yeah. it's the same idea. Like this mm-hmm. is such random shit. No, who in their right mind would have green lit this? You know, someone who was like, <laughs> okay, Jeez. oh yeah, I got this great idea. You know? <laughs> Cocaine, but it works. Drug. <laughs> <laughs> it works, right? It totally works. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I I'm totally, glad you guys I, like it. I'm yeah. glad you guys liked it. I think you should watch the rest of it. I um, want to. Yeah. It is a shame that if there was ever a petition for a TV series that needed to be put back on, you know, Wolf, everyone's, you know, rightfully so petitioning for Wolf to be on DVD or Blu-ray, put Attack of the Killer Tomatoes on, on you know, shit, puts all those other great shows that we love, but, but 
but put this one at the top of the, the of the kids cartoon list because yeah. it's so damn good and because because with um good. with Flash Gordon you can still technically get this series uh, with RoboCop somebody has a playlist on on YouTube you can easily find RoboCop cartoon and it has all twelve episodes it's like a full playlist um, but Attack of the Killer Tomatoes yeah like you said you can't f- sort of find every episode and maybe you can but the quality isn't isn't uh, consistent all the way through so I second that I think that 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 I would love to see this one put out on Blu-ray. Of the three shows, I like them all differently, but it was my favorite. Uh, Diallo, did you have a favorite of these three? Yeah, I mean, you know, Flash is my favorite. Um, Just it it has a lot more deeper roots for me, and I loved it helped to kind of solidify the idea of story, like telling stories for me. But I love, but I, you know, I loved watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes when I did watch it. And again, I, I remember seeing the commercials back way back in the day when it was on. And I just always just kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. And now I'm like, man, I wish I had watched that, you know. So Now, now I regret it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it def- I definitely liked what I saw, you know. I don't have the, yeah. the nostalgia piece to it, but it, um, it definitely was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Zach, what, uh, is it safe to say that Attack was your favorite? Well, I, I mean, I came in with Attack, cause, so that's obviously the one I love. But but I don't know, man. Like, they all three hold a different place yeah. in my heart. They honestly do. Flash is a Flash is like an appreciation, uh, a respect to, like, quality animation. RoboCop is, uh, is, is an appreciation for, like, absurdity, <laughs> you know? It's, RoboCop is an appreciation for... For an impossible task, that task of turning an R-rated movie into a kids' cartoon. More, more like an admiration, like good on you, dude, for yeah. for for making this shit happen. And then Attack is like, man, people just people got to recognize that this is way better than it actually gets the credit. Yeah, because no one talks about this show, you know, outside of us. Like, out, I I know, look, trust me, guys. Like everyone listening, they're going, Ooh, I like the show. We all do. But I'm saying like. You know, people that can get it made and put out, you know, people in uh, who whatever, like it needs to have a better appreciation. So hopefully this show will do that. Yeah, I'm actually really shocked, like because the movie, the movies were so cult popular. Yeah. And um, and I do remember, like I said, I I I didn't watch the cartoon, but I I distinctly remember when it was on and I, I felt like there was like a a groundswell of popularity at the time. So I'm, I'm actually really surprised that it hasn't been officially, and it was hard for me to find the, the episode. You yeah. know me, I can find anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Do it was, it was, it, it, inside it, tips. Yeah, but it was, it was hard for me to find it. And um, yeah, that, I'm really shocked that it's not. And I, I, I wonder why. Well, I'm, Arrow, Arrow, Arrow put out a Blu-ray for uh, return of the killer tomatoes. Mm-hmm. which I actually ordered because I was like, oh, shit, Arrow put this out? I'm going nice. to get it because <laughs> uh, Arrow puts out great stuff. Um, and, and part of me was hoping that they would put, like, you know, the first 10 episodes on on the Blu-ray, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But who knows? You know, that maybe it's the fact that Marvel owns it. Maybe the fact that it's, like, Marvel and Fox. I, I'm and, guessing, honestly, yeah. truthfully, I'm so guessing. Lame. Well, that means that Disney owns it now. So, oh, oh maybe, maybe uh, this will pop up on Disney+. Plus. You know, who who the hell knows? They need I content. wish, but they don't even I have do something too. wicked this way comes on there yet, so 
I think they're rolling stuff out. They actually just announced that they're going to release the uh, the Gendy Tardos Tardos uh, the Clone Wars cartoons by Gendy. Um, oh the, wow. the, Yeah, now the ones that are not canon anymore. Mm-hmm. I truly never thought they were going to release those. So mm. anything's possible. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, all these for me thematically were such a surprise, such a surprise at how much I enjoyed them. But I do think that that um, I do think that Flash Gordon has the best quality animation over all of them. Um, I do think that uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes had the best humor, and I do think RoboCop had the best attempt at trying to make a kid's cartoon. <laughs> no, no, no. So for a, for a kid's cartoon, RoboCop had the best kills. Yeah, it had the best kills. <laughs> the best fucking kills. You're like, whoa, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. But this was great, guys. As always, I absolutely adore doing TV Obscura with you guys. And I know the minute we stop recording, all three of us are going to start thinking about what I've our already, next shows are going to be. I've already make. got my next yeah, one. Start <laughs> go on the next one. Just, just on this episode alone, I have like five cartoon ideas uh, to talk about. So, we have uh, this show is not going anywhere anytime soon. We have uh, an possible amount of content uh that we can dip through for this so we will be we'll be we'll keep coming at you for for a while now but uh until then check us out on patreon uh we have all kinds of stuff going on there zach and i have a monthly show called wrap up after dark uh we also our bread and butter is our interviews after dark series which uh, which we have at this point i think like 15 16 plus uh interviews up there with about three or four in the can so we have some great stuff there um check us out all of it goes to help, you know, the show, keep us on the air and everything and, and keep us doing what we're doing. Uh, we actually have a new tier on the on the Patreon where you can suggest a movie to us. So go check that out and then we can give you we'll, we'll give it the the full pad treatment, baby. The full pad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> even you, Randy Cosby, you come out. <laughs> come out Listen, play, you yeah, got to yeah. fend me. I put the movies <laughs> in your drink. And we'll have some jello pudding. Cause you got offended me. You could go to sleep, then I'm gonna touch you. You go to sleep, you might wake up with a baby in your belly. Oops. Oops, oops. But I'll take you to <laughs> get an opportunity. <laughs> and we're going to hell. So Cause you got a baby in me. Diallo, before we go to hell, can you yeah. tell us one more time where they can find you out there in the world? And just know, whatever Diallo says, I will have all the links in the episode notes below. Uh, so you don't have to write them down. I'll have them all there for you. Yeah, so uh, the First Noel Chronicles is a website with the uh, episodes there. You can find me also on um, like all your major podcasts, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, um please leave a review and tell me what you think um and then also you can check out uh uh comic book angela and the dark with uh co-created by myself and russell fox who's who's starting to make some big waves he's doing some covers for dynamite comics which is really nice i saw that i I follow him on instagram i saw that good good for him man he's good i love his art dude he's good yeah yeah so um so we have that. You can find that on Comixology, um, Kindle, and uh, got a couple other things I'm working on, and um, we're gonna get those out, and I'll 
I guess I need to start cranking on them so I can uh, plug them on the next episode. <laughs> That's right. You, yeah. you got a month or like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. B- b- busy B. Diallo's yeah. a busy B, and so is Zach, buddy boy. Uh, you're 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 balls deep in martial, arch, ar- martial arts madness. Oh, yeah. Martial art madness is running wild right now on $2 late fee. We covered the movie No Retreat, No Surrender. Uh, we interviewed actor Jesse Cove, who is the son of Martin Cove. He is definitely a rising star and was a really great interview. And following up, by the time this episode airs, we'll have Kurt McKinney, who is the star of No Retreat, No Surrender on our show. And Kurt McKinney, uh, man, he told some great stories, too, about filming No Retreat, No Surrender, what he's done after that. It just... just a great trip down nostalgic lane. So $2 late fee is a, is a fun, uh, nostalgic podcast, retro eighties podcast, which, uh, covers, well, according to quite a few outside of podcasting after dark, podcasting after dark and $2 late fee, I would say are the Mecca for all eighties, uh, or celebrity interviews. We, yes. we kind of cover the gamut and I, I'm going to toot my own horn, but, uh, toot, we, uh, we toot. do a pretty damn good job. We do, we do do a pretty good job, and by we, I mean you. So, <laughs> but uh, you can check me out every week talking to our pal Adam on Cartwright, a Seinfeld Cartwright. podcast, and we are on season six right now, which I think we've done about Jesus. 90 episodes, which is fucking insane when you think about it. And we've actually also started doing Curb Your Enthusiasm as well, but that is actually on Cartwright's Patreon page. So go find Cartwright. Go enjoy listening to some Seinfeld discussion and uh, bada bing, bada boom. Bob's your uncle. You know, we're all friends. So, uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, TV Obscura, guys. Fucking love this shit. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. Let us know. Uh, Leave comments on social media. Let us know what you thought about these shows. Let us know what you thought about our discussions. And please go check out everything Zach is doing. And please go check out everything Diallo is doing. And... And let us let us know if uh, you have an inside scoop on quality versions of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because oh yeah, I would we, gladly we would gladly love to watch those. All three of us want them, so yes. please and thank you. And as always, we'll catch you on the obscure side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. 
you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.